Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Uh, Thomas, you gonna ask the question? Uh, Scott, hello. Uh, neither of them are here, Rage. Hey, Ethan, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going on Drive Back the Night? Ah, it's going really well. Um, you know, as Dylan Hunt would say, the universe is a dangerous place. Andromeda definitely goes dangerously toward bad storytelling, but, uh, Ryan and I are enjoying season four and, uh, riding, riding along on the Andromeda Ascendant. Anyway, uh, Thomas is gearing up for a move, Scott and Sarah having a baby, so, you know, as the fifth Beatle, I thought I'd stand in here. Oh, great. Uh, wait, Thomas is moving? Yeah, yeah, and like I said, Scott's, Scott's got a kid now. You really should check the Malady chat more often. Yeah, yeah, probably, you know, maybe. Anyway, glad to have you. So, um, you been keeping tabs on us here at Malady? What'd you think of last month? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anime April. Um, you know, not my cup of tea, but definitely educational. I've I've enjoyed listening to you guys discuss uh, your favorite anime here. But uh, since I'm joining you this month, I was thinking we could maybe step out and maybe do something not Japanese. Uh, what's up for this month? Oh, uh, well, we're doing Monster Mayhem again. Uh, this was last time we did king kong in the 50s starting it off now we're gonna skip on over to the 60s um so that basically means um kaiju son of a all right i'm in oh awesome Anyway, it's going to be Battle of the G's, or OG's if you like. All of the kaijus start with a G. So first we're going to be kicking it off with the Gamera from 1965. Cool. Uh, can I choose the song? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, what's this? It's Gamera's theme song. Well, all right. Yeah, I know, but... but... First of all, not from 1965, Gamera, the giant monster. And second, why the campy one? Well, I mean, think about it. This is the 60s. And what were 60s movies and film and television back then if they weren't camp? It was all about the camp. Batman, King Kong versus Godzilla. You remember those? Yeah, right. I know, I know. But, you know, I, I kind of want to keep it a little serious. So how about we change the song? Sure, yeah, hold on here. Now that's more like it. Hey, uh, tell you what, you want to lead us in? Oh, can I? Yeah, absolutely. Give it a shot. Wait, Scott has a kid? Sci-fi malady. Symptom number 239. Gamera. Turtle Godzilla. Welcome, sickies, to Monster Mayhem, part two. Last time we had, uh, last year, we did King Kong and other ones in the 50s. Now we're moving on to the 60s. And as Ethan pointed out, uh, there's a lot of camp in the 60s, but 
we're going to try to cut that out and try to be a little bit more on the serious side although i make no guarantees but this month we are joined by ethan welcome aboard ethan glad to be here glad you guys asked me back oh well you're allowed to come back to this show you are the as you say the fifth member of the team of the beatles you can join in whatever you want and i know giant monster movies are your thing right up your alley yep i was uh, excited to get the text and uh to revisit um i have not watched this movie in a couple of decades so wow. it was interesting going back to this one and yeah, uh, seeing it through older eyes than you know the probably seven or eight year old Ethan that that saw it the last time. So yeah, this was definitely a good one for me to uh, to get back into the spirit of the month. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, by the way, sickies, uh, what we said in the intro there was no fooling, no joke. Well, okay, Thomas is moving to a house now. That's that's big news. But even bigger news, Scott is officially a father now. He. His wife gave birth this morning, and as of this recording, and well, I'll now I'll hold off on her name for Scott and let him do that. But she is doing well, and mom and baby are doing great. And um, congratulations, Scott! Send your sicky, send your uh, congratulations to Discord or Malady. So, I think Matt put it well. Uh, a monster for the month of May. Yeah, a new monster, a new little monster for a little monster for a monster May. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, (laughs) so we are doing Gamera from 1965, the first film, Gamera, uh, the giant monster. I think in the U.S. it was called the Undefeatable or something like that. I don't know. I never saw the U.S. version where they inserted Americans. I actually saw it on, um, oh, this is going way back, uh, TNT. Maybe you remember this, Ethan. In the 90s, TNT had Monster Vision. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It was. I can't remember now if it was TNT or USA Channel it that would play TNT. afternoon movies. And Yeah, it, it was, was one or the other. Yeah, it was a TNT because eventually Joe Bob Briggs took over as the host and he did this really good song. And part of that was we're watching TNT beneath the bug zapper light. <laughs> and so <laughs> Yeah. I do remember that. So that was uh that I saw this Yeah, that's where I first saw it. I, in fact, I remember seeing a trailer for it playing the song Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult, but then they showed Gamera. And I, as a kid, didn't really care. I just thought, oh, cool, big monster smashing stuff up. And and then I saw it on TNT. So I, yeah, I got to the, see the original. The only the only part was, uh, the, the thing about being young watching this movie is the moment you realized, oh, this has got to be a monster movie. It's a Japanese monster movie. And then when you saw the big turtle on the screen and it wasn't Godzilla, that was the immediate disappointment. Uh, it would be a while before i would get over that but you know i kind of get that i kind of get that because or you're expecting it to somehow be um in the godzilla universe as it were and then you find out it's not yeah yeah that was always the the thing about it is when and especially and we're kind of getting into the movie a little bit here but the, the fact that it shows up in black and white and mm-hmm. if it's just the actors that are on screen and the little mo- you see the little models moving around the uh, tanks or whatever, 
you immediately get excited because you're like, oh yeah, this is this is Godzilla or Gojira, however you came up knowing it. But you yeah. know that was what you were expecting, and when you saw the tusked turtle monster, it was like, oh wait a second, his wait, eyes don't move yeah, right, and yeah, it was a little different. But um, you know, thankfully, uh, in my wiser older years, it's I, I can definitely appreciate what they were doing here in comparison with Godzilla. Yeah, well, and you know, I saw it, and then I forgot about it, and then uh, James Rolf over at Angry Video Nerd for uh, Monster Madness one year did all the Gamera movies, and that made me want to watch them all. So I went out and I bought a Blu-ray compilation with all of them, except oh, nice. for one. There was one missing, and then I wound up finding it at Goulardi Fest. So I got all the Gamera movies now, and I was like, well, I'm be fun to review this again so speaking of review let me try to do my one minute um some scientists are in the arctic when two jet fighters are in a fight over there and one of them gets shot down and it's got a hydrogen bomb on it blows up and just like everything gamera comes out and the locals indigenous people tell the scientists that, uh, oh, that's Gamera, and they give them some information. And meanwhile, uh, they go back to Japan, and they tell everybody what's going on. Then Gamera shows up, and they try the army, of course. He's tearing stuff up. He approaches a nuclear power plant, and the army's trying to stop him. So they freeze him with some freeze bombs, which turns out to be his Achilles heel, by the way. Cold. And uh, what winds up happening is the army then blows some explosives up to flip him on his back, thinking, well, it's a turtle. Turtles, you know, they're going to be on their back. He's stuck. But he puts his arms in his shell and shoots out blue flame and flies. That's right, Gamera flies with jets. You heard me, sickies. Jets. And uh, so they notice that Gamera consumes a lot of fossil fuels. And I probably skipped the part where, uh, oh, what's the kid's name? Toshio. 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 Toshio's family, he's, he's in a lighthouse that gets attacked and he drops to his death, but Gamera saves him. And since Toshio just let a turtle loose, he thought that Gamera was his turtle and the whole movie, all he's doing is getting in the way and trying to tell everybody Gamera just wants a friend. All, all of that in the days before uh, secured access. <laughs> What's this? I don't know. Some kid got in. Eh, whatever. Yeah. So, and then Gamera goes and hides in Tokyo Bay and all these fish start dying and ships start flash floods happen and ships collide and so they decide, an international scientific conference decide they need to unleash Plan Z. And that means luring Gamera to an island where they trap him in a rocket and just shoot him into space. We can't kill him? Let's just get rid of him. Hopefully Mars doesn't have anybody living there because he yeah, just became their problem. We can't kill him here, so let's send him to Mars. I love yeah, that I as a solution. Forgetting the fact that he has jet fighters, but or jet butt, but... Maybe they're counting on him not be able to survive in space. But to get him to the island, they find out he consumes fossil fuels. I guess he needs heat to live. So they just feed him a bunch of oil. And then 
they just make a big oil slick in the ocean and light it on fire to lead him to the island but then a typhoon comes because we need tension i guess and then uh and then toshio again is trying to get in the way and they stop that because you know the kid Gamera eventually gets to the island they lock him in a missile and shoot him off to mars and that's the end so it's actually a more entertaining movie than you think but <laughs> yes but just bear with us here as we <laughs> review it just bear with us all right it's better than you think so i always do i always like to get into the fun facts and there's some really good ones here so for example toshio um the director noriaki yuasa wanted the kid in there because he grew up during the war during second world war and he saw that you know adults were not very kid friendly back then you know when he when he was growing up they were all about nationalism and the empire and then after the war they all some of them turned communist and um he also had uh actors which disapproved of him when he was a child star he just he had adults dump on him a lot and mistreat him so for him this was kind of his way of saying that you know honestly the turtle is something a child could have more faith in than the adults and that's probably the deepest meaning of this movie because um the director also came out and said that unlike godzilla which was making a message particularly about nuclear war he wasn't going for that at all i mean yeah he used the hydrogen bomb to wake him up i was gonna say despite the fact that nuclear weapons come up multiple times or nuclear energy right but they just you know he was just using the famous topic of the time i guess yeah um the movie was the final kaiju movie to be filmed in black and white and it's the only Gamera film where he doesn't fight another monster which i look back and realize oh yeah that's true it's just Gamera in this one um yeah and in that respect it most closely uh in my opinion matches up with its predecessor because gojira it was just gojira Right. And here we just have Gamera and, and the, you know, coming up with a solution for Gamera. And yeah, I, I've, I thought that it, it harkens back to the uh, uh, the original Kaiju movie quite well. Oh, yeah. Well, and two, the the concept that in both films, both Go, Gojira and Gamera are the antagonist. Whereas in subsequent Gamera films, Gamera is actually the good guy. Um, if he's not defending kids, he's defending Earth against whatever monster. So, yeah, um, yeah, so he and he kind of stays the good guy until you get to the the remakes. Um, the Gamera suit weighed probably, oh boy, I just lost it. Well, I, it weighed probably about 200 pounds and they had to have weightlifters get in the suit and they had to they had to cycle out because it it weighed so much that they had to take turns you know guys had to get in shifts in the suit i had read that it was plaster reinforced with rubber yep that's (laughs) yeah and a real 200 pounds of plastic and and latex yeah but hey um so 
as for the origin of where they came up with the idea of Gamera, no one's really sure. There's different conflicting views. Some are um, from watching turtle documentaries to uh, old the turtle from the Chinese zodiac. Um, even the the producer says he saw when he saw a turtle shaped cloud from a window of a plane. I mean, there's uh, but. I particularly like the fact that he said that he had a vision of a turtle flying next to his plane and related that to the production crew. Right. <laughs> right. So and so we can't say for sure where it came from, but this is what we got. And you know what's interesting too is um this film was obviously made in response to Godzilla. Obviously. Except it got half the budget and the director, everyone told him this is going to be a flop. It's not going to work. In fact, the director went to Toho and asked him for some reels of Godzilla because he'd never seen the movie. And he was like, what's a kaiju movie? And everyone just assumed, well, this is going nowhere. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. The last, I guess the last one I'll mention here is that in the Arctic, there was supposed to be... They they trucked in all this ice, but it melted on the first day. <laughs> so... Flooded the set. Yep, it flooded yeah. the set. So, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a few other facts, Ethan. You got anything I missed that's worth mentioning? No, you've hit most of them. The only one, other one that I wanted to bring up was that uh, you, you had mentioned the, the origin of this movie and the reason why it was made. One of the contributing factors was the success of the birds was something else that I had read. Really? And so the initial thrust of this movie was it was going to be a kaiju movie with a bunch of rats. And it was going to be called Nezura. Oh, yeah, I did come across that. They yeah. decided not to because of parasites on the rats because or something. Of, because of disease, uh, the Japanese health authority shut down production of this particular movie. But they had some of the models and some of the sets already built. And so they had to figure out, uh, you know, the studio wanted wanted to go forward with something. And so they kept the director. Uh, what would you what you say his name was? Oh, uh, boy, I just closed you, it down. Hold on. You, Yuasa. Yuasa. Yeah, Yuasa. Um, they, they, they wanted to keep him with it. And, uh, you know, th while they scrambled to figure out what else could we do. And so they landed on the turtle idea. Yeah. But, yeah, this was originally going to be called Nezura. And it was going to be a bunch of rats. So... If you don't like rats, then, you know, be thankful that Lucky. this movie didn't come to light. <laughs> you can thank Contagion. There you go. You can thank the plague. Yep. You'll be the only one. So. But, uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's the only additional thing I had. You know what? There is one more I found out about. Um, that. So when Roger Ebert reviewed this movie, he kept thinking to himself, I, I, this is how detailed this guy got. He said, Gamera doesn't have any mechanical parts, so how is he shooting jet fire? It had to be bio-organic material. So he came to the conclusion that Gamera is powered by farts. <laughs> his words, his words, that Gamera flies around by farting. And he calls and, himself a movie critic. No, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And 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 he uh, Gamera apparently that's why he needs energy because in subsequent films you find out that um, cold is what 
that's his, his weakness. You freeze him, he can't do nothing. In fact, in the next film, uh, Gamerai versus uh, Baragon, Baragon has a freeze power that he's got two things. He shoots a rainbow out of his back that blows everything up. And then he's got a tongue that shoots ice. And so they've got to heat Gamera up to wake him up. So, uh, by the way, this song, the Kidsy Gamera song that was at the beginning of the Sickies, that would, did not show up until, oh, I believe, the third film against Gauss, I believe it was. Uh, this film, they were trying to go for serious. I mean, even though they weren't going as, as heavy messaged as, say, Godzilla, uh, they were still trying to have a little bit of seriousness, even though it's the last black and white. And, and it shows. It shows they wanted to be serious. So, Yeah, uh, and, and it's interesting you say they wanted to be serious with it. This movie does not have the... You, you alluded to it earlier, where Gojira was kind of a treatise against nuclear power and mm-hmm. you know destruction of the environment. This is very soft when it comes to... Uh, that that kind of uh political commentary or yeah, or, there's or a little there's a little there but it's not much in fact it was it was more along the lines of those darn kids really right. it was kind of the social aspect of it that i saw in this in this particular film here with camera yeah i remember at the very beginning the inuits who were looking at the jet fighters and going oh those darn eagles and someone else said something about the cold war and it was yeah i mean it's it was light. They they made their yeah. piece, and then that was it. Yep. They were done with it because they wanted to get onto the smashy smashy, and that's what you got. So, and also too, uh, considering was it nineteen fifty four Gojira, the first one was a lot more horrific. You know, there's this scene with the mom holding her three kids, saying, "We're gonna meet Daddy. We're gonna be where Daddy is soon." You don't oh, see yeah. none, the, none of that in this film because the director wanted this to be kid friendly. Yeah, no, and so, it definitely comes through in that respect, uh, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Is it? This is very much Gojira light. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is the alternate to absolutely. to some of the heavier themes that were visited in that yeah in that nineteen fifty four film. Yeah. Now, of course, we'll see. You know, we're going to review a Godzilla movie this month later, but Godzilla got real campy, real yeah. campy in the 60s and lost the whole point, lost the whole record. But and Gojira does as well by or excuse me, Gamera does as well in a subsequent film. He's fighting a giant fish monster and he plays its back scales like a xylophone. <laughs> and then he also does some gym light gymnastics. Yeah. So while some and oh my gosh too you're in oh what is it i think it's part three there's two kids they're in the cub scouts and they're running around the beach just screaming gamera 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 they won't shut up and you're just oh and then they get in a submarine and they're screaming gamera help us gamera you're like oh jeez, guys shut up that's the scene i remember from that movie i i I don't remember anything out of that movie except gamera helping them under the like the shield the elect the energy shield in in the submarine which which is actually a little plastic bubble when you see it up close (laughs) yeah Yeah, which you know that that kind of speaks to a little bit more of the fun facts i mean this was 
this was a very low budget film. I mean, even oh, for yeah. the time, they they did not have much to work with. And in fact, one thing, uh, another thing, I read that the director actually had to educate himself on special effects so he would know kind of what he was getting himself into and yeah. how to film it and how to, how to make this uh, movie come about. It was very, I mean, it was not a it was not elaborate like what Toho was doing at the time. Oh no, he was out of his wheelhouse. Well, he got half the budget. He'd never done kaiju. He'd never even seen a kaiju movie. So he was green and ignorant. But I'd, yeah. I'd like to say he pulled it off. So it's a fun movie to watch. I definitely would recommend it to anybody. Um, oh, yeah. So, Especially if you like kaiju movies. I mean, this is, oh, a, this is a can't miss. He's classic. He's classic. They never made a movie where Gamera fights Godzilla. But, you know, one can hope, right? <laughs> so. Um, I think that's pretty good. I think let's get into the what we loved about it, rips and picks. Let's get into some nitty gritty and yeah. And I'll start off with a pick that I thought was great because it's the '60s, and they're trying to show a good time. You had to show a groovy '60s dance party, didn't you? When they're trying, the cops trying to evacuate people well, from Tokyo. What and, did they call it? Uh, a shindig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. They actually referred to it as a shindig. I thought, in wow. The subtitles, okay. yeah. They the cops come in and they're like, "You kids got to get out of here." There's like, and they all just first stand there a minute, like, "Oh man," and then this guy's like, "Nothing's gonna stop this shindig." Yeah, and they just start boogieing on, and this cop is like, "Don't you have parents to worry about? Families, even you kids have parents, right?" <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, just you know, there's that subtle kind of social commentary that takes place there. It's not over the top. I mean, it is a little right. campy, but you know, it it is a little bit. It feels like the director or or some of the crew looking at it and saying, "Hey, let's have this in here because you know these darn kids in the '60s and their yeah. their rebelliousness." You They're know, let's seriously. let's let's show them getting what they deserve out of that. <laughs> But but it's so light tuned and ruined by the fact that it, they spend a good like, what two minutes just kids dancing. I'm watching basically yeah. American Bandstand. Yeah, with it's Dick Clark. I'm just you look at Dick, yeah, waiting for Dick Clark to pop out and tell me the name of the song. Yeah, by today's standards, so vanilla, so vanilla. Yeah, oh my <laughs> and yet gosh. and yet this might have been edgy at the time, but you know oh, who knows. Yeah. So that that's my first pick. So. All right. Well, I'll uh, we'll trade off one. I, I've got to I've got to put a pick on uh, the the old drunk uh, guy that that was <laughs> that spots the what we learned to be Gamera flying saucers. Yeah. But he makes a reference that kind of sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole in the the subtitled version that I watched. He references Will of the Wisps, and I was like, I am not familiar with that term. Uh, did a little bit of a deep dive on that and come to find out we have a local legend will of the wisp in southwest missouri that i've really? known for 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 decades and that is the spook light and my wife has told stories of the spook light for years in northeast oklahoma southwest uh, missouri and uh, that's that's the area i'm living in but there are any number of will of the wisps all over the united states all over the world of these types of odd, you know, lights or, or whatnot. Uh, it's usually attributed to swamp gas or something, yeah. 
something of that nature. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's I that that was a nice little pick to to see that referenced in the movie, and that sent me down that rabbit hole. That's interesting. That and I and I know that probably came from uh, Scotland or Ireland because they had the concept will o wisp, or sometimes it was called ignis fatuus. Um, what is it? Hellfire or something like that? Fool's yeah. fire. And um, yeah, it was probably for ball gas or something, but. Yeah, so that probably came from them, and uh, it makes me wonder. Yeah, I remember that now, and I didn't think about it because it's like, how would that drunk guy know about a will o wisp? <laughs> yeah, that's not an Asian thing. Yeah, but hey, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe he says it's um some kind of Asian spirit, and they just translated it. Well, it's like a will o wisp. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. But yeah, and that makes sense, and too. When Gamera's flying around, flipping around, I could see people thinking they're flying saucers, so. Yep. Which it made me think of Master Roshi from Dragon Ball. Because in the cartoon, in the original anime, Dragon Ball, Master Roshi gets around on a turtle. He flies around in a turtle that spins around, so. Now I think, the first time I saw that, I thought, where did they come up with that idea? And now I think, oh. Gamera. Totally pulled from Gamera. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I gotta say, you know, given the budget and the time, the effects are pretty good. The, you know, the model makers, the, you know, the Japanese are a pretty uh, detail-oriented people to begin with. Um, so, even though they had not such a high budget and they knew they were going up against the big dogs, they still gave it their all. And... The effects are just as good as anything I'd see in a Godzilla movie. Um, oh, yeah. Especially later on as Toho started realizing Godzilla wasn't bringing in the money it used to, so they cut the budget. And I don't know. You ever see Godzilla versus Megalodon? Or, yeah, oh, Megalodon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, was that a bad one. I've I got was... all of the Showa-era Blu-rays. It's pretty glorious. Oh, that is that is amazing. I, as bad as it is, I love the movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'll I'll be the first to admit that seeing Godzilla missile kick someone while balancing on his tail <laughs> is uh Well wow. and and there it is. Camp, but at the same time, when you're eight years old, awesome. Oh, it was incredible <laughs> watching the robot pick up a megalodon and break its arm and then hold him in place while Godzilla just did a bunch of flying <laughs> missile kicks at him. Yeah. Absolutely. It was incredible. No, that that is something that I highlighted as a pick as well uh, to piggyback off your comment. There's one scene where Gamera is destroying one of the the buildings, and it's only on screen for a brief moment. But they took the time; they put some sort of a conveyor belt system inside of the building, in which they had cutouts of people. So the backlighting oh. actually has shadows of people running through the windows, as if they're running away. And I'm like, that is 1965. That's pretty good effects. That is really that's f- detail. That's, that's innovative, is what it, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, and I backed it up and watched it a couple of times. And obviously, yeah, they had some a couple of motors in there on a belt and some cutouts of people. And that's how they made it work. But with the backlighting and the black and white filming, it looked great. And there was all sorts of little details in this movie that. I, I think on subsequent rewatches that I'm going to do, I'm going to be looking for a, a lot of that because you can tell that there was some craftsmanship put into it. That is nice. 
Uh, there's also some uh, other iconic scenes in here that wind up being interesting, like when he takes out Tokyo Tower, that's one. Um, the Lighthouse. Yeah. You know, that that was... Um... Oh, but Toshio destroys it. <laughs> so, um, and you know what else is impressive, I think? You know, so Tokyo Tower looks neat when he's tearing it apart. But the fire-breathing effect, you can tell that it's someone built built a little flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> that they're shooting. They're, they got like a, a, they must have a fire somewhere, a lighter, I don't know. And they're spraying probably lighter fluid. Well, in particular, I, I the first time you see it, it's kind of the camera is reversed. And so it's like, is the flame actually going into his mouth? And then sure enough, they let you know that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. But then that ending scene when they're luring him out to the island and he's down close to the water and he's got his mouth open. It's like you can see the nozzle of the flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> <in there. laughs> but, but that just makes it so fun. Yeah, it's endearing. Really. It's endearing. Now, I remember someone someone telling me that too and i guess this would be a rip but one that i didn't see in the u.s version they don't roll they roll the credits from the beginning whereas in the original version they roll it while you see close-ups of gamera after he comes out of the ice Hmm. so you don't but without the credits there it looks like they're just doing really awful long drawn out close-up shots of the suit yeah just moving around and you're kind of just sitting there going huh yeah <laughs> but you know that's a rip i can't i'll i'll give that a half a rip but um yeah. but uh so the fun dance part but i like the effects very much and uh, you know a, a pick one this is one of the first times you see a kaiju movie where they're like well we can't beat them so just get rid of them you know, shoot him into space. Huh. It's actually an innovative idea. <laughs> yeah. In a rocket that, um, Jeff Bezos, uh, blue origin rockets would envy. I do believe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where he got his idea. <laughs> hmm. Who knows? <laughs> he saw Gamera. I was like, that's a great idea. I got a. I, that's the design I want for my spaceships. Yep. So there's, that and I also just love how in these kaiju movies, when they finally decide, all right, we got the monster, we got the killing weapon or whatever it is, finish it. They don't waste time. No. They kill the thing or get rid of it. Dis- they dispatch the monster. They say their goodbyes, give their final piece, roll credits. <laughs> yeah. We've had our fun hard out. <laughs> exactly. Whereas... You know, now they like to show the devastation and go on and on and on. It's like, nope, monster's gone, and pretty much that's all anyone came here for. So make your final piece and say your final profound thing and get out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring up a rip here, and it sounds like we probably watched the same version. It's the Japanese version with the English subtitles, correct? Right, that's right. So you you mentioned you did not see the Americanized version with the American actors that were I did not. I never did. Okay, so you saw the same version I did, in which when the bulletin is handed uh, with the information about the Chidari Maru, the ship that gets that gets destroyed by Gamera early on, yeah. Mm When that bulletin is handed to the general, 
did it not look as though the general was actually just reading his lines directly off of that quotes bulletin (laughs) because um, and and really (laughs) and actually that that is one of the things that they mentioned about the American version is they had to take those scenes with those expatriated Americans that the Japanese studio found and had do the movie they actually removed (gasps) those scenes and that's where the American actors were brought in Oh my gosh! Uh, so that I'm they can actually now, deliver. You're right. Yeah, it looks I mean, like the guy's reading his lines. <laughs> and if you if you if you listen to him, he's delivering lines in English, but it is as if he is reading them for the very first time. <laughs> it right. was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got I got to pick that as a rip for sure. That's that's a rip, but it's almost a pick for me just because it's so bad. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But oh wow, that's good. Um, a rip. Um, the fact that when they're getting them to go to the Plan Z site, they just just get through to it, man. You know the oil slick, and then a typhoon comes, and it's like, oh, just do it already. <laughs> and then the volcano goes off, and Gamera is attracted by the volcano on the island of Plan Z. It's like, oh my gosh, are you just trying to showcase all the natural disasters that are in Japan? Because Come on. Yeah, you know, and honestly, if they were really dumping that much fuel oil into the ocean to lead Gamera out to an island, they, they may as well just give up on the fishing industry for the next several decades. Oh, right. you know, I'm, I didn't even think that far, but yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it's making me think of um, the Gulf oil spill. Oh, yeah. Where all yeah. that fish and all that shrimp was coming in oil covered. It's like, well... Mm-hmm. Which, which we did have the scene in the movie where the fishermen are all like, yeah, you know, all the fish have disappeared. You know, what caused that? Well, you know what? It could be pollution. <laughs> yeah. Well, back at that moment, it was Gamera eating them. Well, true. But yes. Then after that, it's going to be what happened? To all the fish. The- oh, we killed them all when we set the ocean on fire. We- you Gamera. No, no, no. Gamera killed them. We just made sure they're never coming back. Yeah. There was some mess and all, but then we burned them alive. So yeah. guess I just lost a job. <laughs> but hey, the construction industry's hiring. <laughs> I hear they got a lot of jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, another one is just Toshio. Yes. Toshio, I mean... You don't have to say anything else, but go no. ahead. <laughs> I mean, just whether it's Gamera's just a, he just needs a friend. Oh, he just needs a friend, does he? Okay. Or, um, you know, when he's hiding on the trains that are going, the oil tr- train tankers oh. that are going to Gamera. It's like, get that off was... the train, kid. Yeah. Again, before secured areas, apparently. Because yeah. uh, I cannot see this kid getting past uh, security or, or, or the the armed guards, yeah. but uh, and and yet there he is. <laughs> yeah, we there the army. You know, Gamera's in the area. The army's doing about as good a job of protecting that area as the army was in the movie Arrival. <laughs> yeah, we'll just set up a couple tents and uh, yeah. get some jeeps here. And I don't see why anybody would try to sneak through this. This is pretty impre- impenetrable. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of all my big rips and picks. How about you? Uh, I just had one left, uh, right. a rip that I've got. Uh, the captain yells, abandon ship. 
if I were on that crew, I'd be like, but it's freezing out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, there was really no safe place to go. So yeah, I don't know if point, I can really you know. pick that as a, as a rip or not. But that was <laughs> so the first thing funny. that came to my mind. <laughs> Get out of the ship. I don't know, Cap. It's this cold is... out there, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> you got a plan C? Yeah. No, but we got a plan Z. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah, right. There you go. So, Gamera, the giant monster. Uh, definitely a film worth checking out, Sickies. Uh, we're going to rate it here in a sec. But, I, you know, if you're not interested already in everything we, we had to say... Boy, you must not like kaiju movies. Um, the only thing that I have regret for is that that he and Godzilla have yet to meet. That's it. And when we get into the 90s and the 2000s, yep, we're going to carry Monster Mayhem for that long, sickies. Um, they remake the films, and wow, do they do a good job. I mean, in fact, Gamera looks pretty menacing in some of the newer versions. Uh, whereas, I mean, given the, the budget limitations and other limitations they had to face, when you look at the Gamera suit, it's really not that scary. Um, the roar is pretty cool. I give him that. And, but just when you see him standing there while oil tankers are being shipped to him and he's just kind of flapping his arms around, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, uh, there are, there are moments where yeah you can see where they were up against the limitation of their budget, but in other places, yeah, this was it was solid. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth a look if you like your kaiju movies. Start here. Now I've seen them all. All right, I've seen them all. Even the copycat Star Wars one, and uh, it's if you're only gonna watch one Gamera film, start here. It's a kaiju film. He's the bad guy. It's missing a little bit of a lot of the commentary that Godzilla had, but that's all right. By 1965, I think everybody knew the message, so there's no point to go further into it. That's a good point, um, yeah. And as I said, last black and white film, kaiju film. From here on out, Gamera is going to be in full living color. For but better or gonna, worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> kind of for the worse as time goes on uh but we're not going to be seeing any more of those movies because a lot of them were in the 60s couple in the 70s we might review one of those we're probably not going to revisit gamera for a few decades so just uh i recommend going to check it out gauss become this kind of pterodactyl that shoots a laser out of his mouth becomes his arch rival arch nemesis as it were uh just as a heads up uh but I think that's pretty good. Uh, how many, uh, boy, what is that? I Turtle shells? Is that how we want to rate this? How many turtle shells? How many flaming turtle shells? How do many, we want there to give this? we go. That's it. How many <laughs> farting, flaming, flatulent turtle shells are we given this? Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to give this an eight. Um, or a seven, whatever. It's a lot of fun. The special effects are on par. The models are brilliant. The destruction is great. It's a giant monster. The story's simple to follow. It's a typical 50s, 60s kaiju film. It's got all, it checks off all the good boxes. It just loses points on the fact that the suit at times is pretty bad. Um, and Toshio, boy, he, he knocks it down <laughs> at least two points. 
at least two points, depending on my mood. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ethan? You know, I, I, I've gone back and forth a lot in the last day or so thinking about this movie. I, I miss the optimism of movies of this time in which science is going to solve the world's problems. Oh, yeah, I miss man, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. And and as as we've talked about, it, this movie has for practical model effects, it's really good. Even though it is relying heavily on the previous decades' technology uh, to execute it, but it's done really well. And even like I said, with the you know the the people running in the building and everything, there's some innovation there that I don't recall seeing in other kaiju movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Yes, this movie does embrace the camp, and Toshio does drop it a notch or three. Um, but in the end, it, it's a it's a very good representation of kaiju movies, and despite its limitations, it does it does what it does really well. I, I don't know how better to uh, to phrase that, but it, it is a very good example of a kaiju film. Um, on a low budget and the story is not terrible. It's not, you know, amazing, but it's not terrible either. The actors are a little bit deadpan. Uh, I've seen several reviews that talked about that and I would, I tend to agree in the end though, it's a black and white Kaiju film and it's not to be missed. And so I'm, I'm going to land on, I'm going six out of 10. Oh, it's wow. it's better than average. It's better than average and enjoyable. But in the end, you're probably going to get a you know a decade down the line, and somebody's going to say, "Have you seen Gamera?" And you're going to be like, "I think so, but I'm not sure. I remember all of it." Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although I do, that's a really good point about man the optimism. Uh, um, don't worry, we'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> we got scientists, we've got guts, we've got guns, we've got this army. We're gonna figure this out. And, and hey, it inspired Toshio to be a scientist. So that's true. There you go, kids. That's become true. a scientist. He, yeah, save he, the he, world. Yeah, be, do something like that. We don't need another TikTok star. Yes, please no. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we will be picking up. We're gonna. Okay. I know I said this is going to be kaiju. I kind of lied for a little bit. We're going to be shooting on over to merry old England to list, to watch their stab at a kaiju film with Goro. It's Goro, right? Not Gorgo. Goro. That's it. Uh, which is another kaiju film, which winds up being a little bit more Loch Ness monstery. Well, you'll see. Yeah, a little a little creepy too. Well, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, uh that'll be next week. You can also uh check us out at Raving Lunatic Media. You can check us out on our Discord and leave any comments about Gamera. You could also check us out on our website. And while you're at the Discord page, by the way, you could check out the other great shows on Raving Lunatic Media such as the Caseatorium where they have Cold Case Chase, Case of the Chills where any day now we'll be getting a haunted elevator episode uh we'll also be getting uh pretty soon we'll be getting um oh boy what is it case closed and also of course is zodiac task force which by the way folks if sickies if you're not listening to that first of all you're missing out 
Second, if you've been listening and you've noticed uh, that uh, Dr. Briex sounds like someone y- you know, well, that's because it's Ethan. Doctor Who? <laughs> no, it's a different movie, man. Oh, yeah. Totally different. Not, not, so, not affiliated. Nope. <laughs> Raving, Lun- Raving Lunatic Media is not affiliated with that. No. But at the same time, if you step out of Raving Lunatic Media for a minute, you've got Drive Back the Night. What's all that about, uh, Ethan? That is a, a podcast in which Ryan Mazzocco and I sit down and discuss episodes of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. We are in season four, enjoying ourselves. We've kind of we had fallen off the horse for a little while. We've 2022 has been a good year for us so far, and we look to continue those adventures on the Andromeda Ascendant. So you can check us out at Andromeda Series, uh, andromedaseries.podbean.com, and at Andromeda Pod on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us there. Mm-hmm. And and so if you want to just get an overview, we've got an episode about that. Or you could just dive on in and get the nitty gritty of each episode. You bet you break down the episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's episode right. by I've episode. I've yeah. listened to your episodes. I've listened to that show a number of times now that I know <laughs> about it. So, although I do remember it being on TV, <laughs> so you're one of the too. few that did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like I was a regular viewer. Right. Okay? Well, no one else was either. <laughs> I saw it a couple times and. Uh, then someone told me Gene Roddenberry and I went, Gene Roddenberry did this? Huh. So, uh, yeah, except but... once you dig into it, you realize he had nothing to do with it, but that's, oh, really? well, that's, just... that's a whole, listen, listen to the show. You'll get it all. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I remember now. So, but his name got plastered on it. So here we go. It so it, 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 well, they thought, Yeah, <laughs> but so they thought. Anyway, you could, like I said, you could leave a comment at our Discord or you could leave it at www.fartingflatulentturtleshell, uh, farting flatulent flipping turtle shell, known as gamera.com. No, ravenlunaticmedia.com, ravenlunaticmedia.com. Why don't you try that party? ravinglunaticmedia.com 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 Don't try this after uh, sipping a little whiskey. So, I guess the only thing left to do is stay sick, sickies. 